0: You know, the past 10 years have been been amazing. I've done more in my life with people I've met, the opportunities I've had, the athletic experiences, the, a new career, um, you know, inspiring people along the way. And it's just, it's a good life.
1: It's a good life. That's Melissa Stockwell, today's Mountain Meister. You're probably thinking to yourself, what happened? How was Melissa so fortunate to experience so many amazing things? But maybe it's not about what actually happens, but rather how we react to the things that happen to us.
0: I will go back and do it all over again.
1: Let's explore this and a bunch of other things you never knew. Welcome to Mountain Meister.
0: Who are the Mountain Meisters?
2: Committing to the goal and galvanizing you and your team behind that one single focus.
0: Being at peace with that fear and being okay with it.
2: You gain a real appreciation for your life and for what you have.
0: Learn about their extreme lives on rock, snow, and ice with your host, Ben Shank.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Mountain Meister. This is Ben, and today on the show, we have Melissa Stockwell. Melissa, thanks for joining us, and say hi to all the listeners out there.
0: Thanks for having me, and hello to everyone. Hope that everyone's having a good day.
1: Oh, I'm sure they are, and you can listen to Mountain Meister whenever you want, so it could be a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening. Melissa, a purple heart, a bronze star three-time para triathlete national champion and a world championship. Sounds like these last 10 years have been quite a wild ride, huh?
0: Uh, They have. They have. It's kind of crazy to think it's been 10 years. It's been a wild ride, but a a good one.
1: And by the way, you have one of the coolest prosthetic legs I have ever seen. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) For our listeners, it is outfitted in stars and stripes. Was that, Melissa, a no-brainer to get it outfitted in red, white, and blue, or was there any competition with other designs?
0: No, uh, no no-brainer. I've uh, always been pretty patriotic. I love America. I love the fled, the red, the white, and the blue. So, um, ever since I've gotten my prosthetic leg, it's uh, it's had that on it. I think it'll be that way for for a long time.
1: So you you were way ahead of this whole America trend that is hit, right? I mean, oh uh, yeah, this America stuff is super trendy right now.
0: Oh well, that's good, but it shouldn't just be a trend. It should be a be a lifestyle.
1: A hundred percent agree, definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us for the listeners. We're gonna learn all about what Melissa has encountered these last 10 years so let's get started do you do you remember it do you remember the day that you lost your leg
0: yeah I do um, yeah it was April 13 2004 so a little over 10 years ago kind of a routine convoy through central Baghdad um, the vehicle I was in was struck by a roadside bomb it ended up taking my leg um, at, at the scene I was actually severed my leg was gone and mm-hmm. There was a medic in the convoy who kind of helped me out early on, really saved my life, helped stop a lot of the bleeding. I was rushed to an American hospital in Central Baghdad and do a life-saving surgery. And it wasn't until I woke up from that surgery that I realized that my leg was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was awake through most of that. Not the surgery, but kind of leading up into the surgery. But, I mean, no one told me I lost my leg. I was, I was laying down. I didn't know it was gone. So it was, um, yeah, it was a, a surprise, I guess.
1: Yeah, no kidding and when you wake up each morning in the following days do you forget and then get that nightmare effect like oh that wasn't a bad dream this is reality
0: i don't think you ever forget i think once it happens i mean it's there it's that's your life the the pain that comes with it the you know where you are i mean kind of in in the hospital for many months after just a reality at um you, you never really forget what once it happens it's, it's there it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's no forgetting
1: how long does does it take for you to come to terms with a thing like this like knowing that your life is never going to be the same
0: um you I think it varies for you know different different people I I feel like I'm very fortunate I have a great support system I have great family great friends that were by my side from from day one um, not to mention I've been I've always been pretty optimistic in my life with with everything and um you know realized pretty early on that it could have been a lot worse off I could have lost multiple limbs I could have lost my life so kind of considered myself one of the lucky ones and that kind of helped me accept it pretty early on and it's not going to grow back anytime soon so I might as well figure out how to live my life without it
1: so you came to that conclusion pretty quickly it sounds like
0: yeah I, I did
1: not all people come to it that quickly why do you think that is
0: um, I mean, it's a it's a traumatic event, you know, I mean, I, I went twenty four years of my life with both my legs. suddenly, I'm missing one. it's um it's a whole new lifestyle. It's a whole new way of life. It's a you know, you have to make it your new normal. I mean, I never thought that my normal would be waking up in the morning and putting on a prosthetic leg before I you know go out the door for the day. but each injury has its own s- severity, you know mine, I'm missing one leg. I have my my eyesight, my my mind, my my hearing, I have three other good limbs, and, you know, the the more severe the injury, I imagine, the more difficult it is to cope with it, mm-hmm. and also just, you know, I can't say enough about a support system. If you don't have a strong support system or a family that's by your side, I imagine it's a lot more difficult.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and we've also hosted other uh, adaptive athletes on the show. We've had Muffy Davis uh, from the Challenge Athletes yeah. on the show. You know her. Yep. Also, Chris Devlin-Young. Something that I find interesting about these injuries is some of them are related to the sports that they love. So, for example, Muffy got injured while she was skiing, and some of them, like yours, are unrelated to the sports you love. This is kind of a peripheral uh, event. Is the recovery process different psychologically?
0: Um, I, I would say yes. You know, I, I lost my leg. I considered myself an athlete, but not... You know, I was I was active. I wouldn't say I was an I wasn't an elite level athlete by any means, but I really found my my path and my way after my injury because of athletics and because of the passion I have for them. Hmm. Um, I think if you are if you're an elite level athlete already, your mindset is to want to get back to that as quickly as as you can. So I mean, I guess it's not all that different. Maybe it's it's a similar mindset. I mean, being in the military, having a similar Outlook wanting to you know prove to myself that I could still do things regardless of if I had my leg or not And i'm sure these athletes that get injured while they're doing their sport had the exact same mindset So probably some some stubbornness some optimism and just trying to you know get back to where you were before
1: It just seems like such a punch in the face to whatever caused you to lose your leg to say This could hold me back, but instead of letting it hamper my physical ability. I'm just going to become a professional athlete I don't know. It just seems like a very cool punch in the face. And for some reason, punch in the face is the most articulate I can be right now.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, whoever, yeah, whoever put that roadside bomb there, I would, you know, love to say, right,
1: look at me now. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So so tell us a little bit about your prosthetic. And and also, so it's been 10 years. How far has the technology come since that time?
0: Yeah, so that's so so I work in the field of prosthetics. So I so my, you know, job by day is I fit other amputees with artificial limbs. So mm-hmm. um it's it's pretty great to be able to work in a field where the technology is it advances daily and a lot of in part because a lot of these wounded veterans coming back, you know, we're young, we're active, we don't want to take no for answer and if there's not a prosthetic out there that's going to let us do, you know, a B and C, well, we're going to we're going to make sure We can still do it in one way or the other, so these prosthetic companies therefore develop their technology faster and further than it's ever been. So, um, you know, I have a few different legs. I have, um, the one I wear every day is, um, it's actually, has a computer in it, so I charge it every night, like you would charge a cell phone or a computer, and you can hook it up to a computer program via via Bluetooth, and you can set these different settings um, that help you walk as naturally as possible, like how little things like how high your heel rises in back how fast and how far the foot comes out it can allows me to go downstairs step over step i can point a remote control at it and it beeps and vibrates and i can you know r- ride a bike with it r- recreationally if i wanted to I, I
1: like i the only reason i haven't said something until now is because my jaw is dropping i'm sure our listeners are like this too i, I had no idea that you could do so much
0: oh it's amazing and i, I I like to joke around that you know next year they're going to come out with one that that's going to cook me dinner. Well, this then, is
1: a it's a smart it's, leg.
0: Well, it's called a C. Well, the the one the one that I w- that I've worn for a long time, it's called the C leg, which just stands for computerized leg. And now the next generation is called the Genium, which is what I'm currently wearing. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. So I mean, you, have next, allows, you have
1: next year's model.
0: Well, the Genium has already kind of come out. Then okay. there's another one co- that's come out called the X3 that you can actually. Does everything. It has a longer battery life, and you can actually—it's it, waterproof. You can actually submerge it in water. So this is these, incredible. There's like no barriers, and it's um, and that's just lower limb. I'm not as familiar with up, with upper limb prosthetics. You know, if you're missing your your arm or your elbow, but I mean, the, it's just—it's phenomenal what the, the, the where the technology has wow. come, and it's a uh, it's a pretty exciting field to be in now, as both an amputee and as as my career path.
1: Oh, so cool! I had no idea. You learn new things every day. That's Perfect. so cool. I, I watched. Uh, you, you talked about you know the arm and the upper part of the body. I watched a sixty minutes episode, and sixty minutes is my favorite television show. Fun fact for yeah. everyone out there: there was a story about prosthetics and specifically the hand. And there is now the technology out there that when you think like. When you simply use your brain, you can control this prosthetic hand. So you can look at an apple, think about grabbing that apple, and your prosthetic fingers will wrap around that apple just the way that your flesh fingers will. How absurd is that?
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the upper extremity stuff is is pretty great. A lot of the a lot of the things that you see, you know, on such as sixty minutes, and a lot of those are very new concepts. Mm-hmm. You know, not really. They're not really in the mainstream prosthetic offices, or they aren't being used widely. But there are the fact that they are being tested and built to to be used, um, probably in the pretty near future is, I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable.
1: Incredible. Wow. So, so you talked about your, your daily leg that you use. I assume you also have different ones for whatever sport you're doing.
0: I do. So I have, um, so obviously my, my main sport is triathlon. So, um, you don't you don't swim with a leg in triathlon. You actually just go without a prosthetic leg, and that's when you when you're competing. Um, it's an above knee amputee. It'd be more of a of a hindrance than anything. It's heavy. I wouldn't be able to keep it on. I can't really control the knees, so it's much better to swim without one. But I do have a prosthetic leg that I can kind of just wear around the water, so I can kind of throw it on the side of the pool. I can wear it to the beach. I don't have to worry about it getting wet. Where the one I have now, it has that computer in it. And, um, you know, wouldn't want it to get soaking wet. Mm -hmm. So I have, I call it my water leg, and then I have a biking leg, which is biking specific. So it has like a cleat for a clip and pedal mounted directly to the bottom of of the foot. It's kind of like a free hinge knee. And then the socket, which attaches it to what's left of my left leg, um, it's kind of specifically modified for the bike. And then I have a running leg, which is... Again, it's kinda of like a big spring. It's if you've if if you've ever seen kind of a picture of a prosthetic running foot, it's kinda of like a big J yep. they call it. Um, you know, a lot of people know it because Oscar Pistorius wore it in the Olympics a few years back mm-hmm. and to kinda of put prosthetics on the on the radar. Um, unfortunately he's known for more reasons than one now, but right. <laughs> um but yeah, so I have I I mean I have my everyday leg, the swim leg, the biking leg, the running leg. And of course, my right leg, which is my own leg, so five legs.
1: Five legs. You're superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you're aware of this, Melissa. But conventional knowledge for most people, when they think about losing a leg, is not to go out and run an Ironman. <laughs> so, what inspired you to do this?
0: Um, you know, I mean, why? Why not? I'm proud to live a life of sports, a life of athletics. I, you know, I thrive from getting out there and doing things that I didn't never thought were possible, you know, if whoever wants to look on and, and think the same, then, then that's, that's great. But it's just, I've always had these big goals and being a triathlete, it's kind of a, the, the big, the big thing is to be part of this prestigious Ironman club and to kind of test yourself to the limit. And I don't know, I, uh, wanted to be part of the club and it was, it wasn't easy physically and mentally, but to get to that finish line, it was, um, yeah one of the one of the best days of my life definitely at the uh, finish line
1: when we rewind back to when you even just had to relearn swim bike, and run i I imagine that has to be so frustrating
0: you know it it is i mean obviously I'm not when i well when I think you're running now ten years later it's it's with my prosthetic leg, but initially you're right it's um it's this whole different movement you're not running with your two own legs. you have this piece of you know metal and plastic on there that you're running with, and it. I mean, yeah, it's it can be difficult, but you know, just like anything, the more you do it, the better off the better it gets, and you just kinda have to keep at it and keep persistent and it's it kinda becomes second nature after a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was there one that was harder to learn than the others?
0: Swimming, I've always been a swimmer and I get asked a lot, do I swim in circles because I don't wear a leg? And no, I do not <laughs> swim in circles.
1: <football. laughs> that is not what the question that I was going to ask you.
0: Yeah. biking i think um just because i am clipped into the to the pedal and if i fall to my left if i tip to my left i mean i'm i'm going to tumble i'm going to fall down cuz i can't unclip my foot but um i've gotten pretty good at you know always making sure i lean to the right but that was you know he got some good some good uh good falls in there first mm-hmm. but then running i would say running would have been was the hardest you know you start out or you can only run a couple couple hundred feet and then you're exhausted your body hurts and then you, know, you kind of do it a few times a week and gradually build up. So that was probably the hardest as the running. Mm.
1: And during the competition, do you face similar challenges that uh, other triathletes do? We've talked to a lot of triathletes on this show. What are some challenges that you face in, in adaptive sports?
0: Um, you know, I think just like any other triathlete, obviously, you know, the goal is to get to the finish line as quick as you can. For prosthetics, though, You know, a lot of the elite level competition is a sprint distance triathlon, so it's all based on speed, and part of the race is how quick you can get your prosthetic leg on and off in transition, because that can win or lose a race. Wow. So, I mean, a big part of our training is practicing those transitions, trying to find ways that we can get our legs off and on as quick as we can, because the last thing you want to do is, you know, lose a race by 30 seconds because you... Couldn't get your leg on fast enough. So it kind of adds a whole other dynamic to the race.
1: We talked about with Mike Pig, a pioneering triathlete, we talked with him about uh, how important changing the shoes are during the the swim to the bike and things like that. This adds a whole other element. Yeah. uh, Interesting. You inspire a lot of people, Melissa. We had Steve Mesler on the show for episode 41. Steve runs this organization called Classroom Champions. Uh, It's an organization that takes Olympians and Paralympians, and then they pair them up with kids in the classroom to act as mentors. Really cool. And Steve told us this story that really illustrates how much of an effect role models have and you're obviously a role model for a lot of people i wanted to play this story for you and the listeners so here's steve from episode number 41
2: yeah absolutely so we uh we have some paralympians in the program as well so we have olympians and paralympians and we see some really neat things with the paralympians and one of the coolest things that i've I've heard and our teachers will call us or email us and you know just tell us just like neat things that happened. And one of the coolest things happened over in Portland a, a couple of years ago. And one of our teachers named Heatherly Chambers, who we're actually hiring for Classroom Champions next year. And Heatherly had brought her kids to the zoo. And it was you know it was one of those zoo field trips where the entire city goes to the zoo and it's just a madhouse. And then she had a kindergarten class. Yeah, she actually had young kids that were in the program. And their athlete was a woman named Mary Allison Milford, who was a wheelchair basketball player for the U.S. And her class was standing there and a group of kids walked by. And as that group of kids walked by, one of her little kids came up, this little boy named Michael. Michael came up and Michael looked up and you know, said, "Miss Chambers, Miss Chambers, do you remember those Olympics videos we watched? And she was like, well, of course, we've watched four or five of them by now. And she goes, that little girl that walked by didn't have a hand. I wonder what sport she does. Oh, wow. And... It really hit us that, you know, these relationships these kids are making are real. Talk about empathy. Talk about, you know, changing the mindset of that. That kid for the rest of their life is going to look at disability in a totally different way than we do.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: How cool is that?
0: Oh, that's really cool.
1: I mean, that's the kind of effect that you can have on people, changing their instincts to seeing something that could be seen as a setback you transform it into an opportunity.
0: Yeah, um, it, it is. You know, if I, you know, I, I do the things I do because because I love them. Um, you know, I, I do sports because I love the way they make me feel. But if that inspires somebody else to get out there and, you know, do something they didn't think that they could do, or if they see somebody that's walking down the street with a prosthetic, or if they're in a wheelchair and instead of feeling sorry for them, they actually, you know, go up and talk with them about you know maybe the sports that they that they do or that they could do or the organizations they can get involved with i mean that's just kind of the cherry on top
1: so you do work with the challenge athletes foundation correct
0: yeah i do do quite a bit with them yeah
1: so i'm actually running a marathon for them i've been bothering our 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 listeners about donating but anyway um so there are a lot of kids in that organization too right What, what kind of stories have you seen
0: yeah, there are a lot of kids, and they so the Challenge Athletes Foundation, they have this um, triathlon every October called the San Diego Triathlon Challenge, and you go out there, and it's this amazing day of, you know, over 100 athletes with disabilities that do this triathlon. Some do a relay, some do the whole thing. They tell the stories, but there's a number of kids as well, and they have a kids fun run at the end, and the, the, the horn goes off, and suddenly there's... Thirty kids with prosthetics, just like sprinting towards this finish line, and they call it the best day in triathlon. And you know, when you see that site it's easy to know why. Um, it's just, it's just amazing the access that these athletes have um, with the help of Challenge Athletes Foundation. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's pretty great. And then, uh, you know, here in Chicago with the organization Dare to Try, we have a lot of great kids as well that have just as amazing stories.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit more about Dare to Try because, you know, you're a passionate Chicagoan. Is that how you say it?
0: Yes, I do love Chicago. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And you co-founded this organization called Dare to Try. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, so Dare to Try, it's, um, it's a paratriathlon club, so it's for athletes with disabilities. We started it, I co-founded it with two of my best friends back in 2011. Um, both of them, Carrie and Dan, they had worked, they're able-bodied, so they don't have a disability, but they had worked in adaptive athletics all their life, and then myself with a disability and just realizing the importance of athletics in anyone's life, but especially someone with a disability. But all passionate um, athletes, triathletes, and thought, well, there's got to be a need for this in the Chicago area, so let's start this club that gets athletes with disabilities into the sport of triathlon. And three years later, it has grown bigger than our biggest expectations. We have over 150 athletes on the roster. We have kids, we have adults, we have injured service members, we have weekly weekly practices, we have camps, clinics, races, we have an elite team that competes around the world. We, it's just, it is phenomenal. And our motto is one inspires many because a lot of our athletes, you know, they inspire anyone else out there on the, on the race course, whatever race it is. And it's, uh, it's a phenomenal organization. I couldn't be more proud of it and just the people that we impact
1: that's so cool. And do uh, you do coaching for triathletes too, too, right?
0: Yeah, so I am a USAT level 1 certified coach. We um it, when we started Dare to Try, we thought just to kind of have some validity behind it, we should all be certified. So, <laughs> um, so we're all level 1 certified coaches. We help out at the various practices whether it's swim, bike or run. I've coached a few athletes on my own just getting prepare, preparing them for um, whatever triathlon it is that they want to do. And hopefully in the future, I'll get a little bit more, I'll get more into the coaching side of things kind of the, with athletes one-on-one.
1: Since I think it's safe to assume that you're an expert based on <laughs> this conversation thus far, you have to use a lot of gear and we always ask for a gear recommendation, uh, from our guests. So can you give us something awesome that our listeners just have to use? <laughs>
0: I sure can Good. um so how about I'll, can I give two yes. I'll, I'll give you can okay, you so, can definitely so.
1: you can if if you want to give three, you can. I don't think we've ever had anybody do three yet though.
0: oh, okay, okay. um <laughs> so as a triathlete, obviously um, equipment is is very important, and I am a big fan of the trek brand, so that is for bicycles. um the trek brand um, made made in the USA. Um, high-quality components. Some of the best triathletes in the world use Trek bikes. I ride a Trek Madone myself, so um, I would highly recommend Trek. Um, specifically the tri- Trek Madone or the Trek Speed Concept if you're looking for something a little bit more, more aerodynamic mm-hmm. for um, for a triathlon. And then um, Champion Systems is a clothing distributor, but it's all triathlon. It's all triathlon gear. So if you're looking for, if you're doing a triathlon and you need a triathlon kit to wear, you know, with a, with the a triathlon shorts, the spandex shorts, mm-hmm. the spandex tops, um, Champion Systems is one that I um, go to pretty frequently. And you can get them custom made with your own, make your own design, your own logo, and kind of make them feel a part of you. And then um, last, I would just say shoes. I'm obviously a big runner, so shoes are pretty important. And uh, New Balance are the kind of the shoes that I gravitate towards. Comfortable, no blisters, and big fan of them. The
1: first ever three-time gear recommendation. Congratulations on that. i probably add that to your resume. Yeah, Um, I think I will. Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, We will throw all of those resources, all of those gear recommendations on your Meister profile page on our website, Melissa. Also, you can find a great quote from you on that page. You don't even know what you said yet, but I'm going to find it and it's going to be there. (laughs) And also other highlights and resources from today's episode. Check that out on our website. You know, Melissa, I've said before, you inspire so many people you prove that losing a leg something that is seemingly very integral to function on a daily basis losing that can't hold you back so if you inspire all of these people what out there inspires you
0: um you know it might sound cheesy to some people but i am i'm just such a patriot and patriotism and i just I'm such a big fan of it, and if I, I just feel so fortunate to be able to live where we live and to have the freedoms that we do, and if I'm out there on, on, a, on a race and, you know, having a tough time, I try to put it aside and just think about how great of a life it is and that, you know, I'm, that I'm lucky to have my life, and people that inspire me are those that gave the ultimate sacrifice and didn't make it back at all, and I want to live my life for them and also anyone that's overcome any sort of tragedy in their life any sort of obstacle and gone on to do bigger and greater things and you know almost become a different but better person because of it. So um I'm inspired a lot by by America and by just people that, you know, overcome the odds.
1: You have overcome the odds yourself and your your life has definitely changed. If you could go back to that day April 13th, 2004, when the roadside bomb exploded, would you change anything seeing what you've seen now?
0: You know, I, I, I wouldn't. And I know that some people, you know, I think I, I feel like I say that sometimes and some think that I'm not telling the truth, but you know, the past ten years have been have been amazing. I've done more in my life with one leg than I ever would have done with two. The people I've met, the opportunities I've had, the athletic experiences, the a new career, um, you know, inspiring people along the way, and it's just it's a good life, and I am a proud American, a proud above the knee amputee, and no, I will go back and do it all over again.
1: Melissa, thank you for joining us today on Mountain Meister. It has been lovely having you. For the listeners, check out Dare to Try at dare, the number two, try, T R I, dot com. You can find the link on our website. You can also find out more about Melissa at com, And of course, highlights of today's episode. Challenge Athletes Foundation, Dare to Try, Melissa's quote, her gear, everything at our website, mtnmeister.com under Melissa's Meister profile page. Melissa, wonderful having you. Thanks and enjoy the rest of your day.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Meister fans, hope you enjoyed that episode with Melissa Stockwell. Always cool to hear about how people face adversity. You heard us chat about the Challenge Athletes Foundation, and as many of you know, I am running a marathon for CAF. I have great news. I have reached my goal. Thanks to all of you, over $3,500 has been raised for this organization. Now, as we've talked about on this show occasionally, human behavior is to be loss-averse. We like to avoid missing our goals, and I have avoided missing my goal of $3,500. I've, I've raised it. But shouldn't I be seeking more gains? Yes, I absolutely should, which is why I'm not stopping now. Just because I reached my goal doesn't mean I should stop raising money for a great organization. So if you haven't donated yet, donate. There are great Jansport multi-day packs to be won, and you'll also receive this overwhelming sense of generosity when you fill out that form and donate to a great cause. Highly encouraged, and you won't experience it until you do it. All you have to do is visit mtnmeister.com. It's right on the homepage. You'll see something that says Ben is running a marathon in very big font. Click that, and that'll take you right to the page where you can donate. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Mountain Meister. Until next time, I am your host, Ben Shank.